being a mother is an attitude, not biology. An unknown writer once said, if you give me any three words, I'll write you a story about my mother. Story is in our DNA, and of course, so is she. We gathered stories from men and women in all walks of life. Stories about the ones we have, the ones we are, the ones we know. This includes stories about stepmothers, godmothers, grandmothers, birth moms, foster moms, the mom up the street. It includes stories about not being a mom and stories about mothering in other ways. No matter how you slice it, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. Hi everybody, I'm Lupe Padilla Mitchell. I'm a life coach of mothers and families and a mother of three adult daughters. I'm Katie Mitchell, actress, writer, storyteller, and mom of a teenage son. Our guest today is Kay Bolden, and the story she brings us is titled, A Loose Woman. No, this isn't an episode about slut-shaming. It's more about raising a woman on the loose. Kay Bolden is a writer, a speaker, and assistant editor at P.S. I Love You, the fastest-growing literary publication on Medium.com. Kay told us she took her gap year at age 55 when she set out to hike through Europe. Her children share her wanderlust and ran off as soon as it was legal. Absolute proof, she says, of effective parenting. She shares her adventures in her new book, The Young and the Rest of Us, and we're thrilled to have her. Thank you so much for joining us, Kay Bolden. I'm so excited to be here. It's such a great project you guys are working on. You know we love you as a writer, our audience doesn't know this yet, but we recorded several of your stories and we intend to just <laughs> keep bringing you to the people <laughs> for all time. Well, I could talk about my mother for several decades. So. Okay. Yay. Thank goodness. <laughs> and we could listen to it too. Let's read your story and then we'll talk afterwards. Okay. How's that sound? Sounds great. A loose woman. I didn't want you to grow up to be a loose woman, my mother said not long before she died but I see I have failed miserably. She was methodically stacking her books, history over here, psychology up there, romance in that basket. The sound of the hard covers sliding against each other was soothing. I sat down on the floor to help. I handed her a poetry collection by Gwendolyn Brooks. Poetry or black history, I asked. You love Brooks, she said, you keep it. Without opening the book, I took a deep breath and launched into my favorite Brooks poem. I've been in the front yard all my life. I want to peek at the back where it's rough and untended and hungry weed grows. A girl gets sick of a rose. Despite herself, mother began to smile. I should never have let you read so much. That was my mistake. My mother, she tells me that Johnny May will grow up to be a bad woman, that George will be taken to jail soon or late on account of last winter. He sold our back gate. But I say it's fine. Honest, I do. And I'd like to be a bad woman, too. My daughter toddled over and plopped down on the pile. A child of divorce, thanks to me. Further proof of my loose morals, if my wild teenage years and my clubbing 20s hadn't been proof enough. Story, 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 she chanted, her chubby little arms scooping up Freud and Angelo and Steele. I have a little shadow, my mother sang. Go in, go out with me, my daughter giggled. And what can be the use of him? My mother tickled her cheeks. More I see, more I see. She tumbled into mother's lap, clapping. They carried on, mauling Robert Louis Stevenson's classic poem, passing down the love of words from one woman child to another. Another little girl learning to see the world as an exciting, magical place. Another woman 
who would stand on her own decisions and live her life unafraid. Another woman on the loose. Mother shielded my virginity as best she could in the 70s as the brow burners, pro-choice marchers, and birth control pill devotees were rushing the world stage. A girl in our neighborhood got pregnant and I was forbidden to speak to her again. Mother caught me sneaking over to her house and grounded me for a week. Do you want everyone to think you're a slut too, she demanded. I was barricaded in my room in mortal fear of missing the entire sexual revolution, but the barricade was made of books and the revolution found its way to me just the same. Mother was relentless about vetting my friends, my phone calls and my social activities and completely unconcerned about what I read. Once when I was 12, the Book of the Month Club selection arrived early and I got to it first. Everything you always wanted to know about sex, but were afraid to ask. My mother got home from work and saw me reading it. I could see the struggle on her face, the horror of the subject matter measured against her worship of books and knowledge. Books one, I kept reading. There's a lot of stuff in there you're not gonna understand, she said finally. She was right, of course. <laughs> I took copious notes. My mother hugged my daughter after dinner and we headed home. I'm not going to let you grow up to be a loose woman, she said emphatically. She didn't know, of course, that her shortness of breath at 2 a.m. was a cardiac event. She didn't know she was pale and confused and scaring the hell out of my father. She didn't know she was dying. So how could I? Her last words to me, just as the ambulance pulled up, were, this is so silly. A few days after the funeral, I sat in her reading chair and eyed the stacks of still unsorted stories. I lifted them one by one and dusted the spines with a soft, clean cloth, far gentler with her books than I ever was with her. That was fantastic, Kay. Really, really beautiful. Thank you. It's a very special memory to me. You know, I'm I'm struck by so many things. Uh, your relationship with your mom, that this is that last moment that stayed with me. And it made me think about my own parents, you know, and the last moment I had with them and not knowing it was the last moment necessarily. Mm -hmm. right? Yes, exactly. Did you go back over it in your head to ask yourself, was there a clue? You know, did you, did you revisit it? Oh, a million times. Um, you can't help, I think, but to try to make sense of it later. It was so sudden, you know, it was so unexpected. Yeah. She was yeah. uh, only 57 years old. Oh my goodness. She oh, had goodness. not been unwell or anything. Yes. Um, it was, uh, it was just such a shock to the entire family and the reverberations went on for several years because of it just, just totally upset the family dynamic in so many ways. She was an amazing person and she, uh, <laughs> she was in charge yeah. of all of us, you know, she was in charge and suddenly nobody was in charge. Wow. You know? wow. So. Also the beautiful part in this story of the three generations, you know, your baby or your daughter Oh, yeah. You guys are going through the book and she's passing down that aspect of her that, that loved knowledge and reading. reading and everything. Yeah. Yes. I'm 100% convinced uh, that my daughter just skipped a generation. She, I always tell her she is the child my mother meant to have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we're getting she a lot of that. <laughs> to have, 
my daughter. <laughs> my daughter is single-minded. She knows what she wants. She goes after it. She is fearless. She is amazing. <laughs> and she is my mother. Come back to me. And is, and is she trying to rein you in sometime too? <laughs> all the time. She will give me all my Mom, what are you doing? Because, you know, I, I have shiny new thing syndrome. Yeah. You know, I'm off on tangents. Yeah. I just say, oh, oh, I think I'm going to go backpack Europe for three months. Bye. You know? Yeah. And my daughter is the, she is, she is the person who says, just a minute. Sit down. Let's discuss this. Now, have you taken care of this? Have you taken care of that? I don't really think you're ready to do this. Do you? It's so funny because I was going to ask you what words of your mother's do you hear yourself saying to your daughter, but God has gifted you with your daughter is actually saying <laughs> your mother's words back to you. Right. I have the identical <laughs> conversation that I have with my mother, except I'm having it with my daughter. I'm saying to her things like, but everybody else was doing it. <laughs> like, all my friends are going. <laughs> all my Yeah, we've discovered that certain things do, I mean, skip generations because a poet uh, was telling us that having a, a wild grandmother made the mother be a little less wild, yet um, let her sow a little wild oats, you know? Yes. So it's that it skips generations. I don't know if it's just because of how we are raised or, or what that is. And my daughter hasn't um, had any children of her own yet, so I am waiting breathlessly <laughs> for her to have a daughter just like me. <laughs> That's perfect. What was your mother's mother like? Oh, my goodness. And, you know, I didn't know her. She, um, she died before I was born. But by all accounts, we were kindred spirits. Wow. Um, on all her pictures, on all her pictures, she is at a party. She is all dressed <laughs> up. She's holding a cocktail. We so want to hang out with you and your grandmother. She is off on another adventure. She is um, always was uh, very popular and and uh, was a party girl and, and all that, which was uh, so me in my younger years. She so. was a loose woman is what you're trying to say. Yeah, she was a loose woman. <laughs> your mother probably was scolding her too. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think that effect was on you? Because it seems... Um, some people's mothers, when they're telling them not to be a loose woman, they kind of go into a shell. And girl, I do not see you in a shell. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the other side of that, of course, and what I hope comes through in my stories about my mother, and I write about her a lot, is that the other side of that was there was never any doubt in my mind how loved I was, how much she valued me yes. and how much she had very high expectations for sure. But she also had complete and supreme confidence that I could do uh, whatever I set out to do. And when you're a child and the adults in your life feel that way, then you absorb that, you know? Right. You uh, are not afraid to go and try and fail and fail again and try again and, um, and take chances, take risks to accomplish what you want to accomplish. So there were two sides to it. She was she was a woman who had been raised in the 40s, you know, and was very much concerned about my reputation and and all that. Um, but she also was not a person who would be 
stymied by she she would not accept oh you can't do that because you're a woman or you can't do that because you're a black woman or you can't do that because you're too young or you're too she would never tolerate that and um she she gave me both of those gifts i think and that's amazing that she did that during that era oh, you know for sure. having come from the era she came from it's, for sure. it's yeah. so beautiful she also was if i remember correctly she was also quite a special person just socially um, she had just started this community center just um, just before she died, and she it was one of the many things that we as a family had to figure out how to proceed with without her. And so I ended up at the center for what I thought was just a few months <laughs> until we found a director, and I was there 26 years, actually. Wow, wow. <laughs> The garden um, started long after she died, um, but it would have been something she would have loved. It was an idea that she'd had uh, early on, just about planting tomatoes and and teaching the kids to grow their own tomatoes. And uh, we took that and we ran with it. We turned it into a, it is now a one acre urban farm um, and supplying, you know, real food to people in a food desert. So she would have loved every bit of that. And where is this farm? It's in Joliet, Illinois. Oh. It's at the Warren Sharp Community Center. That's great. Like her soul song and wanting to do the community center, you guys ran with that in honor of her, it sounds like. Oh, absolutely. For sure. She, um, when the neighborhood, this is the neighborhood I grew up in mm-hmm. and it had been a primarily working class neighborhood. It was hit very hard by layoffs in the 80s. It became a very low income neighborhood, a high crime neighborhood. And she, when most people who could afford to move away, moved away, she would not. And um, she just put her foot down and she said, well, if we leave, what's going to happen to these kids? Nobody's paying attention to these kids. And she was talking about, uh, you know, the gang kids in the neighborhood and the the crime Mm -hmm. that was growing. And she felt very much, and she had all her life, all her life, that what happens in our community is everyone's responsibility. It's not to be left the politicians or left to other people to make decisions. It is our responsibility. And so she took that very seriously. And so um, that's how she got the center started. She basically um, blackmailed and browbeat the funding out of (laughs) local foundations and (laughs) politicians who got very weary of of, of avoiding her phone calls. And (laughs) so uh, that's how I got started. But that was just one of many, many projects that she she worked on in the community that was... um, very much part of who she was. Yeah. What a beautiful example of mothering other children. Oh, yes, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's one of the things we love about this podcast is that, you know, showing examples of mothering is not about biology. Oh, absolutely. Your example of how she would say, uh, don't be a loose woman, which is just a hysterical line. (laughs) Um, But also she said it um, with an energy and, um, that she knew fully and she she believed in you fully and you knew that. So it's not always the words, but it is um, how the words are delivered that really affect kids, you know? Because that someone if someone delivered that in a much different way, um, it could have a much different effect on somebody. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. Well, like in your story, the thing that, that all, all makes me giggle all the time is that you're sitting there reading everything you ever wanted to know about sex. sex. I love and then, that. And your mom, like, I mean, if she really didn't want you to be a loose woman, she'd have 
grab the book. But yeah. she, instead, she's like, there are going to be things in there you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> That, that one line showed so much about who she Absolutely. was. It really does. Because you were becoming who you were going to become. And she was standing right there and said, okay, you're going to have some questions. And you, But you were getting it from, you know, reading right. and knowledge, things she right. totally approved of. And I just, right. mm, so and, and there was, a, you know, was a certain amount of defiance with me. I guess I didn't, I didn't take the book and go upstairs to my room, you know, I was <laughs> sitting there. I knew she was going to see me. I knew I was pro- trying to provoke a reaction. I was 12 <laughs> or 13. So, you know, um, yeah. she was a very strong willed person. And, um, and that was something that, you know, I had to learn to, to stand up to. And yes, she taught me how to do that. She taught me how to stand up to people and stand up for myself. So yeah, I was a, I was in a, I was in a bit of a little twelve year old provoking mode, mood that day. Yeah. So I knew she was going to see me. I was I was thinking, yeah. oh, she would, what's she going to say about this? Yeah. Oh, by the way, that's clear in the story. That yeah. as many <laughs> twins are, I have three daughters, and I remember certain things they did. I knew it was to see what would happen next. Yeah. And so sometimes, I mean, when you've got tweens and teens, even littler ones, I mean, it's a chess game. Like oh, it sure. literally is like, okay, okay. You think I'm going to go this way. I'm going to go this other way and confuse <laughs> you, you little shit. <laughs> exactly. So your mom's love of knowledge and reading and stuff, you think that's what contributed to you writing? I'm sure it had uh, um, an impact on the way I process things and the way I see the world. And I have always processed things through words. Mm. I can't remember a time when I could not read. So my mm. memories don't go far, go back far enough for that. Um, I was reading, she would tell me, I, I don't remember, but that I was reading by three or four and oh, that yeah. um, every memory of my childhood, every room in those memories, there are books. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Wow. Do your children have the same love of books and words that you do? <laughs> My daughter loves to read, not to the extent that I ever did, but she is the is the person who came home from high school at the age of 14 and said, I'm not going back to high school because um, they don't know what they're doing. They're teaching me things that are wrong, and she knew that because she read constantly. She she read uh, history and psychology and sociology. She was always fascinated with how cultures and societies got to be the way they were. That was that was something that really always appealed to her. And and I said uh, because she was my mother, I said, um, "Well, honey, if you're not gonna go to school, (laughs) I mean, you're only 14. What are you gonna do?" And she said, "Oh, well, I've got it all mapped out." I'm going to homeschool. And this is what we're going to do. And here's, oh my and here's the list of books. And next year I'll be 15 and I've already checked. So I can enroll at the community college next year. And, oh then, my I goodness. and then I can do this. And I said, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. That's great. Because that's usually what I said to my mother. My mother would say, listen, this is what we're going to do. I swear. We're gonna do this, and we're going to do this. And I would say, oh, okay. 
Yeah. As you were saying that, I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, it sounds just like how she described her mom. It does. <laughs> exactly that way. It was exactly that way. But how could you say no when a 15-year-old has all that mapped out? I mean, or 14-year-old I couldn't. has all that mapped out. You can't say no. I mean, she's done her homework. Like she's done You it. have to empower that. Yeah, empower because, and yeah. applaud it, even though you're like, oh my gosh, what are we doing now? Yeah. The very next summer, she went off for um, a summer in the, on the mountain where she was building peace with teenagers from all over the world. She said to me, oh, I'm going to go do this, and I've checked them out, and they're all legit, and I need a check for $650, and can you drive me to the airport? <laughs> this, this is how she always, she was always uh, my mother come back to me. She was yeah. traveling around Europe by herself when she was 18. She did not go to high school, homeschooled, um, started community college at 15, got a full, complete scholarship to college, and then got a um, State Department fellowship for grad school, and then went to go work with the State Department. Speaks three languages. She speaks what? Three languages. She's lived all over the world. She never went to high school because she, because she told me she wasn't. But she has a master's degree. and. <laughs> Right. That is fantastic. Well, and what's fantastic is that she you were is my mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but also that you were able to allow her to do these things that you and because no, I of, couldn't stop her. You're still, <laughs> well, let me tell you. I just you. surrendered. Yeah, I've talked to plenty of parents that would have gone head to head not realizing that there isn't just one road. There's many roads to where sure. your child's headed. And you may not know each step, but if you trust and let them go, it's going to be okay. So that's, I mean, that is absolutely beautiful because that she was very young doing yes. these things. Yeah, it's a great lesson for all of us on both sides to be headstrong like your daughter was and when you know something, stand up for it, but also for you to have been still enough, present enough to go that route with her. I don't know. You know? I was kind of scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're kind of scared when we're doing the normal route, aren't we? <laughs> what are you talking we're about? Like, oh, this can <laughs> just go to hell any minute. Anyway, so I thought I should be helpful now and not not put obstacles in her path. Yeah, love it. So. You know, you're a great example of some beautiful mothering stories from your mother <laughs> and her memory, and you as a mother and this gorgeous daughter of yours who She's you guys. Something else. It's been quite an adventure for sure. I think your mom probably said that about you too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Our, our listeners are, are going to get to hear more Kay Bolden stories. Definitely. And you can read much more of her stories on Medium. Yes, and her books. Which... <clears throat> and her books. Yeah, the book will be available very soon on Amazon. It's called The Young and the Rest of Us. The Young and the Rest of Us. The Young and the Rest of Us. And it is the story of uh, my gap year that I took when I was 55. <laughs> oh, I love, okay, that's it. I'm, Katie and I are signing up for a gap year. This is your trek through the, um, <laughs> did you go to- hiking through on the Camino. That was oh, yes. before I, before, the, before I gathered the courage that my daughter had at 14. And uh, I took a gap year and picked up my backpack and, and walked away. And um, so this story, this book is the story of that. Incredible. Many excerpts are available right now on PS I Love You on medium.com, where I'm oh, now okay. an assistant editor. So I would love, love, love for you guys to come by and visit. PS I Love You. 
Yeah, yeah. we're going to check it out. And I can't wait to read the whole book. I cannot wait to read the whole book. And I hadn't thought of doing a gap year right now. (laughs) Gap year. I'm about to turn 56 in two weeks. So I better get on that. It's time. It is absolute time for you to gap year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a lovely morning. Thank you. Uh Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, that's the show. And to find out more about our writers, go to our website, Instagram, or Twitter. If it's not one thing, it's your mother. And that's the number one, not the word one. Want to do something to help us? Go wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review us. Five stars would be nice. You can say something complimentary. Because you know what? It really does help other people find our show. And also share us with a friend because word of mouth is the best compliment. Join us next week.